0: The rich neoliberals are a bitch. Medicare for all your bros can suck my balls. Fuck your reply, guys. Please don't fuck your reply, guys. Just listen to reply, guys. Hello and welcome back to Reply Guys. The leftist
1: feminist comedy podcast for the rest of us.
0: I am Kate Willett.
1: I am Julia Clare.
0: How's your week?
1: Oh man, honestly, pretty okay week.
0: This is, it's all different now that you're, uh, you know, (laughs) you you know, now that you're, uh, I'm trying to find a euphemism for doing Stuff. <laughs> oh, that I'm having sex. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean,
1: it's been. I literally almost just dropped my phone. Um, from that because I'm chill. Yeah, I've been having sex for a while though. I know. Um, you know, many years. Very cool. Uh-
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, um, no,
1: Oh no, I mean, yeah, no, I have a I have someone who I'm se- having sex with regularly who cares about whether or not I uh, have a nice time. So, yeah, that's have, that's a big a difference. Having a nice
0: time is a, is a great euphemism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Having a nice time. Yeah, it's pretty that good. Sounds, that sounds like my grandma just be like, did you have a nice time? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep. That's that's the gist of it. That's how I describe whether or not I come. Uh yeah, no, pretty uh, Yeah, pretty okay, honestly <laughs> Pretty good
0: <laughs> Yeah um, I I don't know uh, I think that It's kind of weird because I've, I've been Thinking about as people get the vaccine Is this going to be like a Fucking sex Absolute free-for-all you know because there's Been people that haven't had sex In the entire pandemic you Know
1: and God bless God bless them Our soldiers in the trenches Um, Yeah that's really Wild Uh, I I, you know I don't Know how I I couldn't do it I was single for a lot of The past year So I don't I don't know how people I don't know I, I broke eventually
0: I think that (laughs) it's, like, it's, you know, uh, my personal opinion is that, like, having some intimacy in your life is important. And that, like, people who are holding themselves to a standard of, like, I am not going to see or touch another human being for, you know, a year and a half, two years, that feels... I mean, if people want to do that, I you know I could respect it, but it feels like too high of a standard to like have to hold yourself to morally. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know. It, like we all reach our own breaking points with, uh, with that stuff, and some people's breaking points are definitely too loose and wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Did you see but... <laughs> um, um one of my favorite things of the entire pandemic, <clears throat> which is a weird sentence in itself, was this uh. Fucking article in the New York Times it Talked about the cops breaking up a sex party And it said no. it, it said in the article It was like um, they People did not appear to be social distancing
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well um, You know I hope everyone involved Had a nice time uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's very You know
0: So there's another euphemism uh, For you <laughs> uh Julia does not appear to be social distancing I'm from not her social boyfriend. distancing yeah um, so yeah what a week of uh misogyny oh, love, it. Love, love it love to see it love I, to see it you ironically. know what it's
1: uh we had taken a we had taken a short break and now we're back baby uh
0: I kind of feel like here's the thing you know to me like okay so what we're talking about specifically to kind of be a little bit less hypothetical here is um, some of the reaction to AOC's video about what happened to her during uh, the, you know, dumbass MAGA insurrection or whatever, you the know, neck, the neckbeard insurrection, the neckbeard insurrection. Yeah. Um, and it, there's just been like, I don't want to overrepresent this, right? Because it's definitely not most people or anything like that. It's Uh, a
1: it's a vocal minority of people. Yeah,
0: but just people being like so, (laughs) like stupidly misogynistic, and to me, it's like I don't know. I think there's this thing where um, accusations of misogyny have been weaponized against yeah. the left repeatedly but that doesn't mean that like that it doesn't exist <laughs> it's, that
1: it's or that
0: it's like good to be sexist yeah you know? um but yeah i don't know this like this meme that aoc is like just this you know unusually narcissistic like megalomaniac it's very gendered right and it's like it, with these you know with these issues like um I mean, it's just it's very annoying the way that like, you know, uh, like neoliberal feminism kind of, you know, will say like, oh, you know, Hillary is just being, um, you know, slammed because she's a woman. And it's like, mm, well, you know, actually, um, the Libya thing sucked, right? yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, <laughs> you know, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, you can really write a whole biography of of things to criticize uh, Hillary about that have nothing to do with her gender. Yeah, um, but yeah, certainly. Yeah, I mean, we we talk about this fairly often. It's this kind of like delicate tightrope walk of of course we live in like a patriarchal misogynistic world, and so that creeps in to our analysis of of certain. Uh, certain public figures, but that's not to say that, like, that women in power are, of course, exempt from any sort of legitimate criticism because there is, you know, uh, girl bosses can be war criminals too. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, um, it's, you know, it, and I also think sometimes when we get into these types of discussions, like, people will say something like yeah but this isn't the most important issue yeah of course it's not but like just because something is not the most important issue doesn't mean that like it's you know
1: doesn't mean that it's not important at all
0: yeah and it also it's like dude you're the one who fucking brought it up in the first place you know what i mean like you're the one who made it the issue so basically
1: the gist of it is that aoc did um like an hour long Instagram live talking about um, her experience during the Capitol insurrection, which I mean, the way time works right now, it's like, it happened what, like three weeks ago. (laughs) And so, I don't know, it seems like longer than that, but she spoke in pretty great detail about like hiding in an office with Katie Porter and hearing the, uh, Insurrectionists outside yelling like, "Where is she?" Um, And there have been there. I mean, there are people who have who have now been identified who had like assassination plans for her.
0: Yeah, and it's I don't know. I think like like so
1: she she's not mining her trauma. Like she should be fucking allowed to talk about the fact that people want to murder her.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. And like the thing is, is you know, it is absolutely okay to criticize any politician. That's fine. We should all be doing it all the time. But you know, there's like definitely a certain kind of criticism, like with this highly gendered criticism. Like, it, you know, it's um, it's a criticism that goes like beyond the the subjects of it like the person in power i think it's the same thing with like body shaming or whatever like if you you know when people are like oh trump's fat or whatever like who cares if you criticize donald trump or whatever he sucks but the thing is is the the thing that's the problem with him is not his body you know what i mean like it's not like being whatever size is not the issue with him Mm -hmm. you know Uh, It's like the fucking white supremacy and fascism and shit, you know?
1: I mean, certainly no one made these accusations against Steve Scalise when he got shot. Like
0: when he
1: he talked about it a lot. Uh, And I, I think that there is a larger cultural conversation about like when and if and when women are allowed to talk about their trauma
0: yeah, um, and you know, it's like I don't think that it's wrong to be like, okay, you know, like th- these people will often say like, oh, whatever, you know, sh- she's one of the most powerful people in the country. Okay, yeah, that's true, but like the thing is, is you are talking about her trauma like as like a a broad. Signifier for like how you want women To be in general so you can't be mad When women respond To it that way or whoever responds to it That way you know it it is it is a conversation About how you think that Women should behave or talk you know
1: Yeah and it's like Sorry Folks there's never gonna Be a good like there's never Gonna be a time when people think It's acceptable or okay for Women to talk about or just, I mean, survivors of violence writ large, but particularly women to talk about the th- threats <laughs> and uh, violence that they've endured. I don't know. I, like, again, you know, we don't stand politicians on this podcast, and I don't, and that that really has nothing to do with it. It's just the fact that, like, politicians, people talk, politicians talk about their personal experiences AOC has been able to do it in such a way that like maybe not in this case, but she's been very effective in kind of like connecting with people who has talked about their trauma more than Joe fucking Biden.
0: I mean, I know. Yeah, that's definitely. And, you know, and like. I mean and and
1: that, like rightfully and, and, so. he, and yeah and he should be he should be able to but nobody says that about him like nobody's like get over your dead kids <laughs> like
0: <laughs> although if someone did say that like I'd almost it would almost have to circle back to like full respect <laughs> you
1: yeah know? you know there there so would vile. be there would be that moment um yeah. but no but Joe Biden I I actually think that one of his most effective um, characteristics as a politician Is that he connects to people Through trauma Like yeah. the reason why he I mean like again Joe Biden sucks But like he, there is a reason Why people were so Moved by his Like obvious Grief about the you know Almost half a million people who have died in this country From the coronavirus is because he is A very visible symbol of grief
0: Yeah yeah, I, I, I definitely believe that people can connect through trauma, especially sexually. Um, right. But yeah, that's, um, the,
1: that's the preferred way.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the preferred way of connecting through trauma. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like in all of these discussions online, you know, or, or even in real life to some extent, like everyone wants to you, reduce um Reduce things to, like, the most extreme opinion. Like, either, you know, we should never criticize AOC Mm -hmm. or fuck her for talking about being assaulted. And it's, like, obviously neither one of those is an intelligent opinion. Like, the the truth is in the middle, right? But you have all these people who are, like, making a lot of money by um, sort of denying that, the truth is something that I, I don't want to sound like a centrist here. I realize I, I do sound like a, a centrist. I'm talking about not policies. <laughs> I'm talking about like how we talk about other human beings, you know? Um, yeah. But, you know, people want to reduce it to like, you know, Oh, uh, either, you know, it should be all right to say whatever you want, regardless of how cruel or racist or sexist yeah. it is, or, you know, you know, Uh, people should be like uh, immediately fired from their jobs like you know for for whatever and it's like no like obviously neither one of those is an intelligent opinion like
1: yeah
0: there has to be nuance like if there isn't nuance you're an idiot you know so i don't know amen um speaking of idiots we did want to (laughs) talk we did want to talk about uh means testing a little bit. And so I actually didn't even know the term means testing until a couple of years ago. Me neither. Uh, yeah, but um means testing probably most people uh who listen to this podcast have um you know have uh, heard of means testing at this point. But basically it's like um you know deciding who will receive a certain benefit by income. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, or you have to qualify for it in in some other way, right? So almost all social programs in the United States are uh means tested. Not Social Security, well, kind of, because it depends like how much you you get. But like everyone, it's a universal program. Everyone gets program. it. Yeah, it's, it's a, a universal, it a universal
1: program. program.
0: Yeah. So you know, and Medicare is the same thing. Um, and so with the. With the stimulus check, um, it it was means tested before, um, but they are trying to uh, means test it further and like make it so that if you make over $50,000, you won't be able to get it. This is like an idea that's been, you know, thrown around. And of course, they're already doing this.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the Republican proposal. I think that the the Democratic one is is higher, but it is still means tested.
0: Yeah, but you got all these like third way democrats um Ugh. like like think tanks and stuff and like Joe Manchin and you know like the the debate is is happening like in in both oh, parties. Oh yeah,
1: no, and, sir. yeah, sure.
0: And Republicans, it's you know, it's to their interest to means test it as much as possible and make sure as few people get it as possible. Not just to serve the ruling class, but because they want the the Democrats to to suffer a political defeat from yeah. a ton of people being mad at them, which is what would happen with like you know if if every like sort of semi middle class person was denied this check from a democratic administration that got it under the trump administration that already s- received a couple um, stimulus payments like you know then that that's going to be a huge uh resentment breeding event right yeah and, um and it's it's going to pave the way for fascism 2024 you know can't wait um and it's you know we saw this a lot with um Like Pete Buttigieg in the primary, you know, talking about, um, well, you know, we have to make sure that rich people don't get free college and, you know, and it's like, no, give everyone fucking free college and tax rich people, even it out that way, you know, um, it's
1: not, it's not difficult. (laughs) No. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: yeah. And also, Means testing is kind of how we get a lot of class resentment of the poor to begin with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it makes programs a lot easier to get rid of. To get know? rid of
1: because people see poor people as expendable. Yeah. Um, but capping out, I mean, yeah, the Republican proposal to cap out at $50,000 is would eliminate a huge swath of the you know the middle class uh, so i don't know it's all means testing is bad that's what we're here to say yeah
0: <laughs> um all right so um you know the the last thing that we want to talk about uh today is uh jeff bezos has decided to retire from amazon um you know he's still going to be running the show um just you know does not want to i guess subject himself to the public criticism anymore um i don't know
1: i mean just fire him into the sun i I just want well
0: i would say do fire him into the sun except for the fact that he's fucking obsessed with space like all he wants to do is go to space right so So that's that's really that's
1: what he wants fire Um, him into hell yeah fire him into the the pits of hell yeah. yeah, I mean, I – there was this week um, kind of a, a spot of good news, which is that there was a ruling that Amazon was required to pay out, Um. I think, like a, a very large sum of money in uh, tips that it withheld from their drivers. Although,
0: um, I'm – uh, withheld is, as citations pointed, citations Zena pointed out on Twitter, is it a fucking euphemism, right? Stole, like, stole. stole, yeah, <laughs> the stole mother- from their drivers. stole it, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's a good point. Um, yeah, that is the correct term. So I don't know. I do want to see. God, I just want to see him taxed to hell, and I want to see. Amazon become a public utility.
0: <laughs> I haven't been following this like Reddit stock situation. And it's not because I don't think it's interesting. I just don't. I don't really understand. Uh, and I don't stocks.
1: honestly, I don't really care.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm it is, sorry. I, I
1: I was saying this, that it's it's like the time I watched the big short and I'm like, I'm not rooting for anyone here. <laughs> yeah,
0: I feel the same.
1: Yeah. Um, someone, someone on others... Twitter said that that there that there are situations like these where there's no good winner, but one winner is objectively funnier.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, definitely accurate. All right. So um this week we have a really fun guest, uh Chris Cubis, who is a comic out of Austin, Texas. A really uh funny cool socialist dude and we hope that you enjoy this interview thank you so much bye hello and welcome back to reply guys we are so lucky this week to be joined by chris cubis who is one of my favorite comics out of austin texas and um yeah i'm just so excited to see uh to see his stuff on twitter all the time super super funny uh, welcome to the show chris
2: thanks for having me i'm excited
0: so um you have been doing a podcast for a little bit yourself can tell me a little bit about that podcast
2: yeah so i have a podcast called bad advice with chris cubis where we uh have a couple comics or random artists uh, pro wrestlers, whoever, uh, interesting people on. And we uh, respond to Dear Abby letters from the newspaper. And I, at some point, I feel like i got to stop saying Dear Abby because I'm going to get a cease and desist. But that's what we're doing. So I go to the Dear Abby archive and I pull some questions. And then we give advice that we were not asked to give and aren't qualified to give in the first
0: place. So what, like, mm-hmm. what is a, an example of time that you it, gave very weird advice or different from Dear Abby? I,
2: I mean, it's so it's always different from Dear Abby, but also like it. It's just the the one thing I've learned like doing that podcast is that like one you never like when people are writing these letters they you aren't getting the whole story right. You're getting whatever this person thinks is going to make them seem like not the villain, but they're often the villain, and, and often it's like. Like I just, there was one, we just did one this past week where a guy was like, you know, I work nights and uh, my neighbor's alarm clock is keeping me up. Uh, It goes off at like six in the morning, every morning. It's got to be on like an adjacent wall and it's just really loud and I hear it. uh, And I don't know how to approach my neighbor because I'm afraid they'll think I'm racist. What? It's like what? What exactly? It's always it's like this perfectly normal thing, and then a wild left turn. It's always some crazy. I didn't see that one coming. Turn in these letters. So it's like, uh, it's always about going. Okay. Or, or there was another one recently where it was like, uh, you know, I, I like to uh, I go to coffee shops all the time. I always tip a buck, maybe two bucks, depending on it. Like if it's a four dollar drink, I'll tip to five. If it's three fifty, I still tip to five. Whatever. He's giving like reasonable tips. He's like, and it's very often young women that are the baristas. And uh, you know, I know sometimes they're busy that they don't maybe see me giving the tip, but like they never say thank you. And I was like, oh, you're just for sure a creep. The fact that you brought up that they are young women automatically I know that you're just a creep because it's not necessary to the story. And it's like pulling out those layers of what they're actually getting at and what the situation actually is, is where the where it's fun. Yeah,
0: that both of those examples are kind of making me think of, of something um, that I thought about a lot when I moved to New York from California, um, which is like, I, th- you know, the West Coast and the East Coast have a, a different feeling to me. And the West Coast is like, it's so... Uh, for lack of a better word, woke sometimes that people like Mm. kind of forget to like see each other's humanity in this way that like, (laughs) you know, like people, I just remember like it was like 2016 when I left and it was uh, right around the time that Trump got elected. And I felt like, you know, in California, like people were just, you had like just white people kind of like, you Know, kind of constantly apologizing to their, their black friends, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or yeah, like yeah. their immigrant friends, and it was like I and I, I was thinking about that a lot with like this kind of trend of like Robin D'Angelo, of like we have to talk about race right now, like that, you know, maybe sometimes it's good to just uh talk about whatever feels right for the moment and not like force yeah. an agenda <laughs> i don't know
2: onto oh, so every conversation yeah. absolutely i wish i remember who said it but i saw it on twitter recently and it was like the perfect summation of like east coast west coast at least to me it was and it said that new york it was like new yorkers are not nice but they're kind yeah and i, so I in saw i saw yeah. you saw it right yeah. are, are are not are, are they nice con- but they're not kind and I was or New Yorkers are not. New Yorkers are not nice, but they're kind. And California are nice, but they're not kind. And I was like, That is fucking exactly right. They're very. It's very nice. It's very. Oh, you're. You know, excuse me. Let's be woke. Let's be sensitive. But then you know, they're not actually good people. Whereas like New Yorkers, they'll be like, they'll call you an asshole while helping you. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah, like I, I, you learn to see the uh, like the guy who like screams at you to get out of the way of something. Um, you know, it, it, it's like you leave here a friend. for a while. Yeah, he's a friend. You see it as a, <laughs> you, you understand yeah. that affection can come in the form of yelling. You know, that's mm-hmm. a big thing in New York, and um, and so also y- was a big thing in my household growing up. Yes. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you've listened to the show, Chris, but a, a big theme on the show is that Julia has a cop dad and yeah. uh, retired a lot of conversations. Retired
1: cop. Uh, it's, uh, you know, one of the earliest things that radicalized
0: me, I think. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. I would assume. Yeah.
0: So. so, Chris, you don't live in New York or California. You live in Austin, Texas. Is that right?
2: That is correct. I live in uh, the new Los Angeles because that's where everybody from California is moving to get out of paying taxes.
0: Yeah, well, and like the pandemic <laughs> restrictions. I know, like Joe Rogan moved there, and right? Did yeah. he move there? It's
2: where it's where Dave Chappelle got COVID. I mean, I mean, Joe, Joe
1: Rogan is moving there to avoid taxes. Absolutely. Yeah
2: hundred percent. That's what they're all moving here. It's Tesla. They're all moving here to not pay taxes, yeah. and then also drive up the real estate market. Love that. Like no one can buy a house.
0: Yeah. It's um, I, I, in the West Coast, I lived in San Francisco for a long time, and really kind of saw uh, a few different waves of gentrification. Many of them started before I moved there in fact i probably myself was somewhat of a gentrifier but i remember feeling like austin was going through an extremely similar process of just like the rents just fucking skyrocketing
2: and it is for sure that and like it's been that but this new wave is like affecting it in just a very different way because like tesla's moving here samsung oracle all these like it's becoming the tech place because again they don't have to pay taxes and there was just a thing I just saw somebody was like, uh, if you're trying to buy a house in Austin, you just can't do it because they everything's getting like they put up a price. It gets outbid by like 15 percent in a day. Uh, and not that I'm fuck, who am I kidding about buying a house? But like if I was, that might be a concern of mine, like, like families can't live in this city. Anymore.
1: And I, and I also I, I've been thinking about this a lot because um, I've been, you know, seeing that. the the different people, uh, high profile people moving, rich people moving to Texas. What happens then if you have this massive influx of new people in your state and such a small tax revenue to kind of support public works?
2: There, there aren't any, like, I mean, it happens, but it's hard. Like we just passed the thing, like, I'll be fair. Austin is like better than a lot of places as far as like some policy is concerned. Obviously it's still a government that has its issues, but like we just recently, uh, you know, I don't want to say defunded the police, but we, they passed the thing to drastically cut their budget. Um, and part of that money is going to buy, Two hotels to house homeless. We have a very big homeless situation, and it's just growing, obviously, as a result of the pandemic. But like, there's camps everywhere, there's tents everywhere, and there's a public camping ordinance that was repealed a while back to allow people to camp publicly. Essentially, just have tents because they're homeless, and they're all these rich people moving to town, and they're trying to overturn that and stop the government from buying these hotels. Like these two hotels, we're going to spend a hundred million dollars on. Uh, there's protests against that, and it's like you are coming in here literally, you think you're like, oh, we're we're creating jobs. But are you? Because all the people that are also, you're just bringing in transplants to work those jobs. You're not creating jobs exactly. for people that are here. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: You know, we had the, the prospect of an Amazon campus coming to New York, like an Amazon HQ. Um, and that was exactly, you know... One of the most salient counterpoints to it was that it would not be creating jobs for New Yorkers. It would be further exacerbating a problem that already exists, which is that there's not enough housing and resources for the people who do live here. Um, And yeah, I mean, in, in a place like. And, you know, and. Maybe, and maybe that's even more similar because the state of New York was offering Amazon like tax incentives, um, which is just absolutely <laughs> ghoulish. <laughs> I don't get it.
2: Yeah, I don't know what they think. Like, I, de- I guess the thought is rich people come here, they spend money here, but are they spending money in places that are? businesses owned by people that live you know what i mean like and also yeah, rich people money. are
1: not the people who act who spend money
2: they of course that's how they <laughs> absolutely they fucking sit yeah, on yeah exactly. exactly
0: um so uh, texas has been in the news a lot for uh, the terrible handling of the pandemic by the governor in particular. And I guess just wanted to get some uh, on-the-ground perspective for what it has been like to live in Texas during all this shit.
2: I mean, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't leave my house. I'm not the best. I'm not on-the-street reporter because I don't go on the street. Uh, I am lucky enough that I have a day job that lets me work from home. So like I am able to do that. Uh, so I I have, have not... I have been into a, a like a store 10 times since March, like and that and supermarkets, maybe twice. I do curbside or get delivery or whatever. I'll go into like a corner store if I need something like immediately. But that's even rare. Like, I don't leave my house because it's a fucking nightmare outside. Like when they everything is open and we have a governor that literally if they try to do a shutdown tells us it like overturns it. Uh, I don't know what they think, but our state, our state's just on fire. Um, The only, if there's a positive that's come out of it has been the, like, the upspring of like, there's so much sort of mutual aid and things like that that are like happening right now um, that have been, that have started since the pandemic. That's like a response to it. That's like the one good thing, but like, No, it's fucking, I mean, Dave Chappelle got fucking COVID here. Like, you can't even be rich and famous and get out of it. Like, it's just, it's, and like, they're not trying to, there's no effort being made. You know what I mean? It would be one thing if it was like, look, guys, we're trying, but this disease is fucking unstoppable. Nobody's fucking trying. I go outside, like, if I go walk my, I, I go outside to walk my dog or like I'm driving around, I don't like, or I'll go for a walk someplace or whatever. Every fucking patio's full. Every patio is now, they're like, we've got around the the outside cooking thing by just building a building, building a full fucking glass four walls thing on top of our patio and calling it patio dining. Well, you're fucking inside. Like, that's not outside anymore. There's just no effort being made.
0: Damn. Well.
2: It's wild. I don't even know how to describe it. And, like, I will say, luckily, in Austin, like, I don't run into a ton of, like anti-maskers and again i'm at least my house so maybe they're out there but like when i am out i'm not seeing a ton of like of that people seem to be somewhat reasonable as far as like oh we'll follow the rules right because but the yeah. rules aren't th- they're not strict enough right so like we follow the rules we stand six feet apart in line we wear a mask but the rule also says that you can sit on a patio and take your mask off and drink and fucking do whatever you want and then, so they go. Oh, we'll do that because that's the rules. And it's it's insane. I'm sorry, I'm yelling so much.
0: No, it makes sense to be angry. I know. Like right now, I haven't been. I don't think I've actually left my house since this kind of came down the pipeline. But I I know that now people are supposed to wear two masks, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I I don't think I've I, I really don't think I've gone out except for like solo walks outside um, since that was advised but i don't know do people uh are people doing that what do you think of that two
2: masks I, I couldn't tell you yeah. I'm not, again i'm not in stores to see i see people mostly wearing one mask but again i don't go to like if I'm, I'm just being real i don't go to the grocery store i we do curbside pickup we'll do some instacarting but like mostly we do curbside pickup or whatever so like i'm not inside i'm not really in places where i think I think the issue is if you're in a place with a bunch of people and I'm just not like I'm, the most I'm in is a grill is a, is a gas station with two other people or, you know, I pay again, we do a lot of takeout, but like curbs, I pick up, you know, I'm not going inside places. Yes, people are, people are doing
1: two masks here um, in New York. I've, yeah. I've done it. I've done it myself and I've seen more and more people. Like I, I have to take the subway into work sure. a few days a week and I've seen more people on the subway doing two masks.
0: That's, I forgot that you're, like, working in person still, <laughs> Julia. That's just, like, wild. But, I mean, I know a lot of people uh, my, are doing it, you know, yeah.
2: My fiancé goes into work four days a week now, five, like, five? Ah, whatever. She goes into work. Uh, she works at a hotel. Um, but it's, like, a small boutique hotel. So there's only seven rooms. So she's never, like, in a place that's, like, crazy crowded. And they're very fucking stringent about, like, Mask wearing and distancing. Yeah, good. They're doing it as safely as they possibly can, Um but like I'm still scared for sure. Her. <laughs> you of course. Know what I mean? Every time she leaves the house, like I'm there. I recognize my privilege in the sense that like I work from home five days a week. Yeah. I don't have to go places, so I've like. And the thought of like I see people doing open mics, fucking open mic. Like you're not even getting paid. Like I get under. Like on some level, if you are. I've said this on a, like I think on my podcast before, but like if you are there was a there's a level of comedian who like just quit their day job sort of pre pandemic they have they don't have money but they were making money doing comedy I can forgive them doing comedy because that's how you're gonna fucking not be homeless right. But like, if you're rich, knock it the fuck off. If you're a rich, famous Joe Rogan, Dave Chappelle, stop it. What are you doing? You have money. You don't need this. Stop it. And if you're going to a bar show for drink tickets, are you fucking? You're gonna kill your. You're gonna kill your grandmother because you gotta get this four minutes out. I'm sorry. I just it makes me furious. No, I
0: understand. And it's you know, it's been like, it's been like a. a, I I don't know, Julia. You might be able to relate to this too. At the beginning of the pandemic, when nobody was doing comedy it felt Mm. sad to not have stand-up but now it's like i'm not doing indoor shows and i'm probably not gonna do indoor shows until i'm vaccinated um and uh yeah i mean but there is like this fear of like oh you know like now i'm like one of the comedians that's, like, not doing that, and there is this, like, whole other crop of comics, I think especially in Texas, that is just kind of going along, like, there's no pandemic, and it feels I weird. See it.
2: I see these fucking Facebook ads, and they'll be like, oh, we packed it out last week. Are you... That's the problem. Are you fucking kidding? You're packing it out? Stop! Just you're, We're all... You're going to kill us. We're never going to get out of this pandemic if you fucking idiots can't even stop doing terrible comedy shows it's not even good like you're not you know what i mean the idea that you're going to a bar to see four comics you've never fucking heard of in the middle of a pandemic who are not gonna be great because all the good ones are smart and the smart ones aren't fucking doing comedy it's it's insane to me
0: i mean i i i mostly agree with you although
2: oh i'm yelling oh no 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 i'm sure no
0: that's not what i was gonna say like there are some really good comics that are doing comedy right now Com- cor- comedians, I, comedians I really I was... like but it feels I don't know it feels weird it feels like weird to be on the, like I personally I'm not gonna like risk my life to talk about my pussy <laughs> um at least not when I can do it on a podcast absolutely uh, yeah. Yeah. absolutely
2: <laughs> There are plenty of pussy outlets out there. We don't need to do this. hundred percent. That's actually
0: my my nickname, Pussy Outlet. <laughs> D- discount Pussy. Yeah. Well,
1: I I mean, and I know that that here in New York, there, um, yeah, there are definitely like some of the clubs. Uh, there, there was one in particular that came under a lot of fire that because they were doing indoor shows, shows, and they might still be. Um, which is beyond the pale to me. But I, I know that, like, New York Comedy Club has, like, a rooftop space uh, that they've been using. And I, so I've seen the setup, and it it looks, like, pretty okay to me. And obviously everyone is, like, fully outside wearing masks. It's not enclosed at all. And mm-hmm. people, I understand that people are so desperate to, like, I mean, those shows are always quote-unquote, sold out, even though it's, like, a limited capacity of people, even for outside. And I just, I understand that people are dying to do anything other than be in their apartments, and that this sure. is, like, it is mostly just, like, a structural issue. Uh, <laughs> and, um, like, I, I I get so frustrated with people, too, as well, but I um, and, and Kate is, Kate is very good about this, about, um, just kind of acknowledging the fact that like we can be fr- as frustrated as we want with with individuals, but at the end of the day, it's um it's just been a a, a lack of of response and aid from uh our our state and certainly the federal government. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like
2: I I yell a bunch and I bitch a bunch because that's just my nature. But at the end of the day. It is the government's abject failure to handle this. That is the issue. One hundred percent. Now, is there also personal responsibility? Totally. Yeah. And should you not be going to a goddamn open mic at an indoor? Oh my god. One hundred percent. Well, I mean, but also, like, if if you look at, then I have this other issue where, like, for instance, Austin, we had uh, Chappelle and Rogan doing these shows, right? And they were as safe as you can, kind of theoretically. Make a show. Granted, David Chappelle still got COVID, but it was outside, limited seating, wear masks, uh, temperature checks, and uh, rapid COVID checks before you get in the door, all of that, right? But to get a ticket, you had to get a whole table. It was like five seats or whatever. And it was $250 a seat. Damn. So who's getting to actually even do this? People, like, if this is a thing of like, oh, we have to provide some sense of normalcy for people and allow them, we're not doing that for people. We're doing that for rich assholes, yeah. right? Yeah. And now you've got actual people working those shows who you are exposing to, to, to danger. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's it's this whole other level of like class elit- elitism that comes into it, where it's like, oh, we're rich people are doing a show for other rich people that working people have to fucking risk their lives to put on. You know? Yeah,
0: I mean? and I mean, uh, this kind of all has been this whole conversation has made me think about something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, which is like, you know, especially over the next. St- six months when people are kind of getting vaccinated and not everyone's vaccinated like there is this question of like everyone has like their own level of uh of risk tolerance right and it's like Mm -hmm. i see you know i have this friend who is you know going like she's mad about people um you know, going out all the time, but, you know, she goes to the gym and, you know, like, I can be mad about people doing, um, indoor comedy shows, which I am, but like, you know, my mom was in the ICU, uh, for a while. And it's like, if, you know, I, uh, if something happened to her, like, I would go out there. I would, I would get, I would get on a plane, you know, and, um, you know, so it's like everybody, everybody kind of has the amount that they're willing to to risk and for what you know and um, yeah, it's just it's gonna be a, oh, it's gonna be interesting to see how that develops when it's not as cut and dry you know and I hope that people are still careful.
2: Absolutely, can I be a, a, a petty dickhead for a second? Yeah. sure? Not petty. Petty's not even possibly the right word. I get annoyed when and not at you, but it's gonna reference what you just said. When people bring up the idea that, you know, everyone has their own level of risk that they're comfortable with. Yes, but some people's levels are wrong.
0: Yeah, no, and like, and that's what I you mean. You know what I mean? Like,
2: you are, if you are willing to risk going on a plane to see your dying mother, that is a reasonable risk. If you are willing to risk COVID because you want to go to brunch or you want to have a bachelorette party or you can't put off your wedding... That's not a reasonable risk. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, this I agree is not me talking you. to you. I'm talking to the greater people doing things oh, yeah. Right? do want to sound like I'm
0: No, care. I absolutely agree with you. But I, what I was kind of like, what I sort of meant to say, albeit like in a confusing way, is right now, you know, I think there's some degree of at least kind of fuzzy consensus about what reasonable Mm. risks are and Uh as more and more people get vaccinated but we're still in the Uh pandemic that consensus is not going to be obvious in the same way you know and it's going to be confusing um i do want to switch topics for a minute because you are like the reason I wanted to have you on the show is, you know, uh, you're one of my uh, fave socialist comedians, and there's not mm-hmm. like a ton. <laughs> um, it's like uh, Julia, uh, my boyfriend, uh, T- <laughs> Ted Alexandro,
2: James Adomian, uh, and yeah, that's right.
0: uh, maybe it. I don't know, but with you, Chris, like you put it, uh, you put it right out there, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: yeah, fair enough. Um, I also do feel like. I I, I want to be 100% honest in that like yes I agree with the tenets of socialism so I guess I'm a socialist comic but like I haven't done the work I haven't read theory I haven't done any of that shit so like Reading I vote uh, Reading in theory the...
1: is not doing the work in my opinion I Okay well that's good
2: <laughs> I, that makes me feel better I just mean to say that like I am a socialist in that I think we should own the means of production. As a term, I've heard that I believe and don't a hundred percent know. I understand, but like I am, I am as much of a socialist as you could be without a hundred percent understanding what that means. If that makes any sense,
1: I think that we need to, and this is actually like a hill that I will die on: is that we cannot have one of the barriers to entry of socialism be reading a theory. Because we will just never get anywhere, and it's and it's also and it's also not. It's just it's not essential to do the work of socialism. Uh, It just like I mean, obviously we. It's 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 great to have a framework. I'm not saying don't read theory. Absolutely, read our boys, Marx, Engels, Kropotkin. Do it all. Whatever but I mean You know some of the groups That have most effectively Done The work of socialism in America In the past You know 100 plus years or so uh, You know Definitely some of the people read theory But not everybody
0: Yeah uh, I mean I it, to me like To me it's a thing That is is beneficial But I think, Julia, you're you're right that like that can't be the barrier to entry. I think like one way that I have found like starting to read more theory myself useful is like, you know, you can see when people uh, who should have read theory like have not read it, for example, like you'll get like these and I, I think you'll feel me here. You'll get like these dudes um, who go on Twitter and use like, you know, Marxist framing to like justify like incel shit or something and like (laughs) and then you know it's it's kind of useful to be like actually um marx did not say anything about a sexual market value (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, or you'll get these
0: yeah you'll get these people like i think like maybe a less silly example is um you know, recently there's been, like, a lot of debate about, like, the squad and, um, like, whether, like, you know, there needs to be, like, a new party, um, this is, like, movement for people's party stuff, and I mean, I think regardless of whether you think that's a good idea, to me, like, uh, thinking that, like, um, that, like, our, even our main path forward, uh, towards, um, Like power for the working class is going to be um, through voting and like not organizing. That to me like feels like, okay. like let's let's sit down and read some theory here and like what has actually worked in the past, because I don't think that we're going to get communism or socialism or whatever through posting or through, um, you know, AOC telling everyone that she wants uh to have socialism now (laughs) you know what i mean
2: absolutely i will say this though i do think like we're not going to get those things we're not going to get socialism or communism through posting but i do think you can like reach a lot of people through that you know what i mean like you can like I, i like i'll say this i ended up starting to like, I, I have a TikTok. I don't do anything on it. I just scroll through the videos at two in the morning when I can't sleep. And I'm thinking about existential dread. Uh, I'll scroll through the videos. And then a lot of the times I'll end up, there was some girl who literally her video was uh, her, uh, her whole feed would be her just dancing and not like creepy dancing. Just like, you know, she's like a good dancer and she's dancing to some old timey music. And there would just be like facts about politics scrolling on the feed. And I was like, Oh, and, every, I, and I found myself being like, like, seeing that and be like catch catching my eye and then i read a thing and then i go google that thing and then i like learned stuff yeah
0: i know who knew absolutely you know what I mean? and i think no i completely agree with you and i think it's sort of like i don't want to say important because i you know i hate uh i hate that feeling even in myself when i'm like oh my posts are important like it's so embarrassing but um i do think that you know especially a lot of people in comedy or in entertainment more broadly a lot of people with big platforms do have horrible horrible politics so
2: sure oh um, absolutely it's definitely
0: nice to to have some balance and you know maybe some people with a large reach can be you know informing people of uh better things versus like you know just like oh let's all stand joe biden blindly you know no matter what yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah. well that whole the idea of just like liking politicians i've never i don't know maybe it's growing up brown but like that wasn't a thing for us like you just like you accept you took you looked for the best one you could get but you never liked them. You just kind of squinted at them like, all right, motherfucker, what are you going to do? Like, we don't, you know what I mean? Like the idea of like, okay, we voted for you, but like, I don't trust you and I'm waiting for you to fuck up. Like that's been my relationship to politicians my whole life. So the idea that like, oh, I fucking, I got a uh, RBG tattoo. Are you out of your fucking mind? Like I like, I would vote for Bernie Sanders, but like I would then expect him to fuck up. And I also would not get his fucking tattoo or his t-shirt or whatever. Like, Fuck off.
1: I have it. I weird, I, I do. I have a t-shirt. I would not get a tattoo.
2: Uh, <laughs> no, you can buy a t-shirt. I, I I will say you can buy it particularly from Bernie because he just took all that money and then gave it to like meals on wheels. Um, so, whatever. But good for no, him. Like I, he's maybe the bad choice. But no, like, I,
1: I, r- I completely agree with with what you're saying, and Kate and I mm-hmm. very often talk about, uh, you know, we're we're we are we we do not stand we don't stand politicians no, anymore. No. We, that's you
2: like them, you vote for them, and then like, you fucking yeah, hold their feet it's to it's, the it's like it's that's like, like yeah, it's
1: like you said they you you find the best one you can, and you go with that one, and hmm. you hope for the best, and if the worst happens, which we expect. Uh yeah as you said you you hold them accountable. Um social media is uh yeah it's it's just one it's one tool in the toolbox. Um sure. I I do think it's interesting the the People's Party folks um are also some of the there's some overlap with uh with Green Party folks. There And I, I've, I've had some, some critical words for them in the past and I still do, but it's interesting to me because those are the people, those are the, some of the, the people who most fervently are kind of like pushing the idea of a third party are the ones who before were like on the hill of electoralism as a dead end. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty suspicious of any sort of, uh bifurcation of of our already weak political party
2: <laughs> yeah like the uh, like i do i like the democratic party of course yeah not. but am i stupid enough to think that we can just start a new one and all the cool people are gonna come over here like that's not how this is gonna work like like Yes, I, our political structure is fucked, yeah. but it is our political structure, and the thought that we're just going to flip over the table and start a new one just seems wildly unrealistic. Like we still have to work within the structure we currently yeah. have, while while working to change that structure. Yeah, but we can't just, you know what I mean? Like we like uh, the ideal. We should be working towards the ideal, but we can't pretend we're going to get there tomorrow. We have to fucking deal with the fact that if we want to out, if we don't want Trump Part Two next time, we have to. Work we have to get the people to vote for who we, you know what I mean? Yeah. Am rambling? No,
0: that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because, you know, this is a really clear cut example for me that, um... You know, especially in the Georgia Senate races, like Mm -hmm. Ossoff and Warnock campaigned on, you know, send us to Washington, you will get $2,000 checks, $2,000 checks in the campaign ads, Um, images of $2,000 checks, (laughs) where the check amount was clearly made out for $2,000. And then now you have Mm -hmm. this like... Reversal where it's like oh you actually Already got 600 so it's Going to be 600 was a down payment Love that so much Mm -hmm. And it's like you know You you see all these people like Just regular like rank and file Democrats you know somehow like Justifying this of like oh you Know uh, well People can do math and whatever it's just Like what do you gain from this like It's going to whether or not Some people like are like, "Oh, this uh 16 the 600 plus 1400 thing makes a lot of sense to me." There's still going to be like a ton of people who feel extremely betrayed that they lost 2 months of grocery money that they thought that they were getting. Like it's not worth it, and I don't understand the people who are like defending it when we're not even in an election. It's far away from midterms. Like what is this mentality of just like being defending the Democratic Party like for no gain it's so weird yeah you know
2: well it's like it's the people that like when they find out their favorite fucking you know comedian or musician is like a rapist or something and they like die on the hill of defending that person it's like that motherfucker would spit on you if you fucking cross the street in front of him why on earth like you, you know what i mean it's the same idea of like oh I am going to defend this group of people because I have staked my flag on on that hill or whatever, but they don't fucking care about you. Fucking defend policy, defend action, but don't defend that group. You Mm -hmm. know what
0: I mean? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, We do need to wrap up here in just a minute and um yeah i just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast and where yeah thanks for having
2: me where can i try to be funny if i come back i'll try to be funny (laughs) i i feel like i was just yelling a bunch we love
0: it this is a this is a yelling podcast a comedic yelling podcast um where can our listeners find you chris
2: Uh, i'm at chris cubis on all social media i am uh my podcast you can it's bad advice with chris cubis again you can find that Wherever you get podcasts, also bad advice with has all the links. Um, you can if you're in Austin, I don't know if you have listeners in Austin, but if you're in Austin and you need a meal, go to redbeansaustin.com We do uh, free red beans and rice every Sunday, delivered to your door um and then uh so you can sign up there and if you want to volunteer or donate all the volunteer information can be found there as well
0: all right well thank you so much i really appreciate you coming on thanks
2: chris thanks for having me you guys that was super fun
1: thank
0: you so much for listening to reply guys if you
1: like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash replyguys, where we have a catalog of over 25 bonus interviews with renowned writers, journalists, and comedians, with an additional episode uploaded each week. The show is hosted by Kate Willett and me, Julia Clare. Our producer is Genevieve Garrity. Our theme song was performed by Emily Fremgen, who wrote the song with Kate Willett. Our artwork is by Adrian Lobel.